Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions, and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. Again, science may be advancing. The problem that causes the abnormality, the problem that causes the abnormality is the energy sources within the egg and people are trying various techniques to try and improve the battery length of life. Those batteries are called mitochondria and there have been attempts to inject young women's mitochondria into old eggs. It doesn't work. There are claims about certain medications potentially improving the energy supplies, but as yet no human studies have convinced that they've shown a real benefit. But if you go on the internet, you'll find people claiming take lots of this and lots of that. But the evidence is yet to be there. Certainly in mice, which is where the main experimental work is being done at the moment, you can take an old mice, old mouse, sorry, and give them some of these medications that, in, that increase energy production generally in the body. And those old mice will produce eggs that are more competent than their fellow old mice that don't get the medication. And the size of their litters is larger than the average size of litters in those mice. But transposing that into humans, I know there are studies going on to check whether these can, this can happen in humans, but we're nowhere near that yet. Prof, what are the baby's risks if they're born to a woman who's over 45? So the older a woman is with her own eggs, the, the higher the chance of Down syndrome. The other part of it isn't so much the baby, because once the baby is born and it doesn't have Down syndrome, there's probably no risks other than the fact that when that child is a naughty 15-year-old, she's going to be 60. Coping with that may be, a trick, uh, may be tricky. But so the evidence is that those children, other than the Downs issue, are normal. The more important thing from a, an older woman having a baby is her own health. And a pregnancy in a 45-year-old is a much more risky process than when the baby is, when the woman, sorry, is under 40. There's a high risk of diabetes, high risk of high blood pressure, a high risk of the placenta not being as good as in terms of giving the baby nutrition as someone who is younger. So they are often small babies and that um, can have an impact on the baby in the long term. So when, when we're contemplating a pregnancy in an older woman, we have to think about all of those things. And when we go to the stage of using egg donors, that those risks are still there and perhaps even more with donor eggs than with her own eggs. Can IVF help if my partner has male factor infertility? Oh, yeah. I, so 
IVF was originally developed for women with blocked tubes. That's what it was for, to over, because uh, to take the egg and the sperm and get in them together in, outside the wood. Louise Brown um, had blocked tubes. And these days, probably about 25% of patients we treat have damaged fallopian tubes. The other 75%, about 40%, have no problems, but the remainder are male factor problems. And once we have a single sperm to put in a single egg, then pregnancy rates are the same whether you've got a normal sperm count or a very low sperm count. So men with even only a handful of sperm, we can now get them pregnant. That was a major step forward. It's still, it's now a little while ago, but it was half, when IVF started in 78, by 1990, we were saying to lots of women, yeah, we can do IVF, but we're going to have to use donor sperm. In 1992, however, what happened was that a scientist or a doctor in Belgium accidentally <laughs> um, put a sperm inside an egg with a pipette and got a pregnancy. And there began the, pro the process of ICSI, intracytoplasmic sperm injection. And what that's done has totally revolutionised the, the possibility of a male producing a baby even though they've got a low sperm count. Because with ICSI, we only need one sperm for each egg. In normal fertilisation of an egg, we actually need 50,000 sperm per egg to swim around and optimise the possibility of fertilisation. We don't need lots of sperm. We don't understand why you need that number. But that's what nature has done. But with ICSI, we can overcome most male factor problems. If your partner has a low sperm count, don't believe you won't get pregnant. You've got as much chance as someone with a normal sperm count if you go through IVF. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him, michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.